welcome to the Film Ireland podcast. I'm Gemma Gray and I'm chatting with some very talented filmmakers ahead of the screening of their shorts at the Cork International Film Festival this year. Thank you guys for coming in and chatting with us. Thanks for having us. Thanks. So what I'm going to do, um, rather than me make a hames of it, if I'm going to just call on you guys one-on-one and just if you can introduce yourself and just tell me a little bit about your project. So uh, David. Uh, yeah, um, I'm David Brenville. My film is Sins of a Werewolf. It's a surreal sort of horror comedy uh, about a priest who uh, gets bitten by an animal and then starts transforming into a werewolf every full moon, playing as part of uh, Irish Shorts Tree, Yuri Arlandia. Um, and it's kind of a grotesque satire of the Catholic Church, I suppose. Go forth in peace and spread the word of our Lord. Last right. We'll have another service first thing in the morning. It's not all divinity and paradise being a priest, I'm afraid, Father Donovan. Get to work. I love it. Edwina. Hi, uh, I'm Edwina Casey. I'm the director of a short film called Algorithm. But, you know, I always find it really hard to explain algorithm because there's kind of, I suppose, there's a few twists in it. So it's it's always a really hard one to sort of say, oh, it's this. But the official description is when Nervy Al has an absurd encounter with a stranger, he begins to question his whole identity. Um, and that's probably the best way to put it. It's it's a, a science fiction comedy. Yeah, it's a sort of a wacky one, I suppose. Hello, Al. Hey, Doc. Do you want a glass of water? I'm okay, thanks. Do you need anything? Are you okay? I'm fine, Al. But it's your session. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. So, how was your day? Al? We're we're playing as part of Irish Shorts 4. And Mo. Hey, uh, my name is Mo O'Connell, and I'm directing, uh, or I've directed a short film called Home, written by the brilliant Ivan Cush. And um, I always struggle on this as well. People ask me what it's about. I was like, just go, just go watch a film. Um, so it's uh, it's um, set in the Sean Scully room in the Hugh, in the Hugh Lane Gallery, and it's uh, just about a young guy who walks in. He's not interested in the art. He uh, is in a he's kind of down, depressed, and he just wants a, a quiet moment himself and in walks an older gentleman called Cecil who uh, is a regular there and who uh, is very sensitive and receptive to the art and to the energies of the art and to the hum of uh, uh, well in particular Sean Scully's work so um, he opens or tries to open uh, our young guy Tim to that to bring him out of his funk. Look that's one there boisterous loud Dangerous, demanding your attention, not a degree of subtlety to him. And look, look, this one here, shy, reserved, yet completely assured in herself. Lovely. So um, there's three very, very, very different uh, shorts um, thematic wise. So and, and there's there's a lovely mix. So first up, I want to ask a little bit about you guys and a little bit about your background and how you got into directing. So I'll go the reverse way this way, Mo, if you want to let me know. OK, sure. Well, I suppose uh, when I was very, very, <laughs> I was about like eight or nine, I used to shoot fairy tales, basically. So So I actually directed before I acted and then I became an actor afterwards. Yeah, so I did um, acting at RADA. Before that, I did film production at Ballyfermot. I, what did I do? I was a professional actor for a while and I'd use the money that I made from acting and I'd make shorts. And, um, and they did like a couple of festivals and that type of thing. And then um, after RADA, I stayed in London for about two and a half years doing just primarily just, just acting. And then I, I missed filmmaking, so I came back uh, to Ireland because it's very difficult to kind of make indie shorts in London. It's it's kind of because they have like a, 
I hesitate to say this, but they have a proper industry in London. So basically, uh, you get sucked up into the industry very quickly. You become like a person and you'll, you'll start making money very, very quickly. Whereas in Ireland, there's loads of talented people on the ground who just want to make films and don't get into the industry that much because there's it's not as big, you know. So um, I was able to run around making films and have a lot of fun and joy making uh, shorts. And they did some festivals and that type of thing. And then, what, I, I don't know what else I did. I Then, I, then you I finally got home. So I finally got funding. Most film as Spy Weekend oh, yeah. is after winning an award, like, to the day. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, that was, uh, well, it was last week or two weeks ago. Or, or, yeah, your feature film. Yeah. What was the award? Um, God, I, can't, I was the best international feature at Polish uh, International Film Festival. Oh, congratulations. Oh, thanks. Um, so yeah, it's total, it's total zero budget, like it uh, was like five grand or something and we shot over a year. <clears throat> I acted in it as well, which was handy because I didn't have to rely on an actress <laughs> for a whole year. <clears throat> My hair changes colour and everything, I wonder if anybody ever notices. And I have a fringe sometimes, sometimes I don't. <laughs> but, um, then So yeah, so, so that's gone well. And then I got funding for, for Home, it's my first funded short, so yeah. And, and you have a feature film in script development. Oh, yes. Uh, with you as well. With me. Thank God. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's amazing. And uh, so we got the Spotlight Award from Screen Ireland. And uh, Gemma Cray is an awesome talent. And I'm so lucky <laughs> to be writing with her. So, yeah, great. <laughs> anyway. See, that's a much longer biography than, yeah. than oh, I just made some films. Yeah. I was trying to cut it short. I just couldn't shut up. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so we'll move on to Edwina. Uh, that's a hard act to follow, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, so like I was, I suppose a bit similar to Mo. I was, um, I, I came from a, a theatre background. I studied English at college and I kind of knew I was sort of, Go, I, I was I was directing plays all the time in my spare time. I think my degree was really in directing plays and in English. But um, so then I went to London and I, I studied directing at a drama school called Lambda. And I, I when I came out, I moved back to Ireland and then I, I got very much involved in revival directing opera, uh, which is a really niche thing to do. But it was an incredible, it was incredible time. So my, my job would be to go to production companies, sometimes in Ireland, but often in other countries and restage an opera with new cast and musicians. And um, I had no background in opera, but <laughs> somehow I managed to fit the bill. And so, yeah, so I did that for a long time and then, and then moved into Scream more recently and have been doing commercials and Algorithm is my my first short film though it's been really nice to sort of get that out there even though I haven't seen it with an audience so that's that's a really weird experience and then maybe I actually to be honest I think I'm probably relieved in some ways because I think it can be a bit scary hearing an audience you know reaction live you know yeah, and similarly, so I've I've got got a couple of things in in development uh, as well. So hopefully, they'll be happening next year. And you have production credits as well on a few things. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I'm doing uh, on the producing end of things as well. So a lot of good stuff. Eh? I have a company with my partner called Hail Mary Pictures, and we have a film coming out next year called Here Are the Young Men, directed by Owen Macken and starring. Dean Charles Chapman, Annie Taylor-Joy and Finn Cole. So, uh, so yeah, so we're excited to get that out there as well. But I would deem myself more as a support producer than uh, <laughs> a lead producer by, by absolutely. <laughs> well, it's always one of the hardest jobs. <laughs> I don't know how anyone does it. It's always your responsibility. <laughs> So you have to manage it. It's a horrendous job. <laughs> Brilliant. So, David. Yeah, so just growing up, I was always uh, really interested in, in cinema. I studied it at college and then I did uh, an MPhil in film theory and history. And then I also did a film-based course where I uh, co-directed film Mond. Um, and since then, I've just been trying to work in the industry and trying to write my own stuff and um, trying to raise finance for it and 
That's fabulous. So you were on the filmmaking course, the master's course. I didn't recognize you. Yeah, I was there a few years ago. Yeah, they did the film Mond there with uh, John Connors and Graham yeah. Early and Rex Ryan. Yeah. Uh, but David, yeah, so tell me, what was it like? You were one of three directors who shot that. Yeah, it was a really interesting experience, you know, learned an awful lot. You know, it was it was chaotic, but you definitely, definitely kind of put you in the deep end. The actors were great to work with. Yeah, it was a really, really interesting experience, I think. Okay, so, and I just want to go in a little bit about, um, so these are very different films stylistically, thematically. There's a, there's a good mix there. I just wanted to go through what was the process of getting it made from sort of the idea in your eyes to, to getting a bit of cash together to actually going out and shooting it. Um, so I'll, I'll start with uh, Edwina. So it's, it, was, it was privately financed. I had sort of saved money from, uh, I had a fee from a directing job that I basically put towards the short. So that was kind of the beginning of it. And then we had um, some Caporelli um, and then also Hail Mary Pictures and a few other very generous, very, very generous people. So that's sort of how we managed to sort of co cobble it together. And then Simon, who uh, wrote the script, was um, a good friend of mine. We, we go back from to college years ago and he had written a script and then he sent it to me and we sort of went back and forth. I'd always kind of wanted to do his work because I just love his writing, I suppose, because he's kind of cynical, which <laughs> worked for me. So, yeah. So then we kind of developed it very much with a, a location in mind, which was which was the area that I lived in, um, because we knew that making like a science fiction drama was very ambitious for the budget that you can raise. But we just were like ruthless about location and knowing how to exploit our locations and shot listing the hell of it and that was kind of the only way to get it done really so yeah sorry yeah you do some very very clever things thanks it works it works really well and you you do get that kind of futuristic um that vibe across as well because i know that space <laughs> and it and i i kind of know what you did and i was like oh that's so clever and it works <laughs> really 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 well so, yeah. there was there was definitely I think a, a feeling of like there was not a hope of us being able to shoot fast and loose like we had to really kind of basically know what we're doing and and uh, Ronan Raftery who plays multiple roles was great at being able to sort of just work with body doubles and sort of be very patient with us you know with shooting reverse angles and things like that so yeah so it was Hopefully it worked. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really, it's really beautiful. And I love, um, I love the colours in it as well. The colours are just stunning in it. It, it, it remind me like um, of, of some films, I hope you don't mind me saying, but I mean, it's, it's, it's truly original. It's a really original piece, but obviously there's, there's films just kind of reminds me of, um, it's kind of Spike Jones, is it her? Or uh, the one with uh, Joaquin Phoenix and he's in love with a, a robot woman's voice it reminded me a tiny bit of that but um mm. it's a stunning film and I can kind of see now that you know that because you worked in opera you can kind of see visually how you're so theatrical you know very bold I love that <laughs> thanks yeah it was um I think we um that's like really kind of you <laughs> it, it uh we sort of I think we kind of I suppose Simon and I had probably a love of a certain period of cinema as well, you know, and like, I think as well, like the music videos of Michelle Gondry and things like that was definitely mm. something we discussed and even more so with Aidan Gold, the DOP, we sort of figured we'd shoot 4-3 to sort of, again, sort of just hammer home what, what was going on in this. And yeah, it's um, it, it was just nice because I just love those 4-3, that 4-3 yeah. style. Fabulous. And David, can I can you tell me just a little bit about how um, Sins of a Werewolf went from the little uh, brain worm to us getting to see a priest getting bit in the bum? <laughs> um, well, um, kind of I wrote the script as a feature originally. I kind of put the cart before the horse a little bit. I was kind of exploring how to get that made. But then, you know, it became apparent that, you know, I needed to do it as a short really to begin with. And so we adapted it into being a short film. We were lucky to secure some um, private uh, investment in it. 
and that's how it got made. Yes, uh, it was. It took it took a while, but uh, eventually we got there. And so it's it's a beautiful lengthy film, which I think is great because uh, shorts. There's I was having this discussion with someone the other day, and about how sometimes there's just the onus is on shorts to be too short, and sometimes you need to spend a bit of time with it. And again, one thing you definitely realize in your while well, watching it, you're like these are well-rounded characters that you can tell exist in a bigger world that you can tell the bigger world is out there which I like it's not like you know something kind of carefully curated to almost tell a story but you're like no we're kind of invited into these little moments which I really enjoyed as well so just tell me a little bit about the the script like how do you get something of that length down to short length yeah it took it took a while and it was kind of there was a lot of days when I felt like oh this this isn't going to work but I guess just kind of I just persevered at it and eventually got it into a kind of a shape that I was happy with. And it, it had all the elements that, that I wanted from the film, really, in a more concise manner. And obviously, you know, it doesn't explore things in the same depth that uh, the longer film did. But I was still very happy with it. And it is quite long for a short, uh, 22 minutes. But I really felt that it, it couldn't be it couldn't be any shorter than it is. Can I just say, well, I love David's film as well. I thought it was great. I love werewolf films anyway. Oh, sorry. That's not giving anything away. It's in, it's in the title, Jeez. Oh, no, of sorry, but, thanks, um, thanks so much. Yeah, but no, it's, it's, it's so funny. What I love about it, it keeps surprising you. And the length is a part of that as well. Because you think, well, it's a short film. It's going to end any time. You know, and, it does, and there's these things that keep going. You keep thinking, okay, so now he's... And then he just... And then it's just, it's just so funny. But Thanks so much. I just, I just love the way that, he, you know, you, you kind of subverted things, you know, um, within that genre a bit, which was, which was great. It was quite playful. Oh, thanks so much. And Cheers. I really appreciate seeing It's cool. It was very fun. It looked mm -hmm. great. But I just, again, I'd watch that. I definitely watch more of that story. Yeah. I hope you, yeah. I hope it, it is something, because I know sometimes you kind of are forced to prove your chops before you can get the money to do a feature. But Honestly, something like this, and it's something so strong genre-wise, you'd hope as well that would really get picked up. So actually, no, festivals is another question. I'll remember to ask that later again. <laughs> but I loved it anyway. Can I ask a, can I ask a question? Uh, uh, just about, sorry, I hope you haven't crossed this, but was the length a deliberate choice? Um, I, I, I just I, loved the length, you know? I wouldn't say that it's um, necessarily like, it wasn't a deliberate choice in that, oh, I want to make something extra long. But that was the length that it that was roughly the length the script was, and that was the length that it felt right in the edit that the film should be as well. So I didn't really want to to cut it shorter than that for the sake of being shorter uh, either. No, it's great. Like uh, yeah, just like uh, as Gemma was saying, I just think the length is is it's because it, it you do sometimes you kind of miss the sort of being able to like sit in and relax into something and just kind of like watch it for a little time. And that was the kind of, I thought that was the really fun part of it, you know, is that, yeah. Especially when the characters are that strong and not just the main character, like all the characters are very interesting in it. From the woman, the one parishioner to the- Oh, Mrs. Rake, yeah. <laughs> like just everyone, that's what I was saying with kind of, you don't mind sitting in that world. Like it doesn't feel like when you're watching it, it did not feel that length at all. Like you're just kind of watching it. Like, like, like sometimes when you see a short and it's like 22 minutes, you're like, oh my God, is this going to... And then it's like, you know, someone's slowly looking out a window and going... <laughs> and then slow music and then someone walking from the top of a hall to the bottom of a hall. You're like, oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> you don't have any of that. This, this is like bang, 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 storyline, plot. And everything has a purpose. So you, you kind of you sit down to watch it and you're like, I've watched another 20 minutes of that. No bother. Uh, thanks so much. Cheers. It's a it's a weird thing the 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 pacing of a short film. I find you know like trying to get that right because it you could you see some that are like oh this is just like twenty minutes of a feature you know and and mm. you're just getting that taste of but then I don't know personally I think like the best shorts are the ones that are just like oh this is just like this has its own rhythm its own pace and like that's the kind of you know, it's 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 in, it's individual. It's funny because you think. only know you only feel it when it's wrong. Like that's it. It's something that you only notice the length of it if it's the wrong length for for whatever reason. Mm. That if you're sitting there watching a film and you're just brought into it, that's you're just watching the film and you're really enjoying it. But when you're kind of taken out of it, going, oh, this is so slow. 
or this is too fast. What's happening? Like that's when it's a problem. So Mo, just tell me, tell me about yours. Yeah, sure. Um, well, so this is a Screen Ireland short stories short. So I was asked on board by Ronan Cassidy. And so he was the producer initially. And uh, he introduced me to Ivan Cush, the writer. And I loved the script. And I thought it was quite kind of Beckett-ish or Beckettian. I am a theatre actor, you know, as well. So it kind of lent it, it, like it spoke to me quite quickly. You know, it's just two actors acting. <laughs> and I was like, I, I love it already. Yeah, so I was on board then and we applied to Screen Ireland and Ronan was applying with a second short. And he did say, if, if I get the second short, then I'll have to just do one. So I'll uh, come off home. And uh, he gave me a different producer then. And um, so then... So it was like he had two in the same scheme and they both got shortlisted. They both got, yeah, they both got funding. So he oh, had to... You should have got the mowers. I know, yeah, exactly. What was he thinking? Jeez. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, so he went off to the one and then... Uh, so we got funding in August 2019 and we were going to, it took a while to get the shoot dates. And then eventually when we did, it was going to be in May. And then of course, uh, COVID happened in the middle of me doing my last casting session on March 10th. So, so at least we had the cast anyway. And then uh, once the first lockdown kind of came down around uh, July, we legged it out. I think we were one of the first productions out for Screen Ireland, I think. We shot July 27th and then August 3rd, it's two days. And it had to be a Monday uh, because uh, we we're shooting in the Hugh Lane and that's when they were closed. And so it was a 20 grand short. So one space, two actors, still still not a lot of money. It's crazy, like, you know, how it just, I don't know where it goes to, you know, it just flies out the window. It doesn't come to me anyway. Did, did so. you have to, Mo, did you have to, how did you handle all the Sean Scully stuff? Um, well, we sent him this. We sent him the script, and he just wrote a letter back and said it's delightful, and said go ahead. Um, the the only thing that was quite difficult was that the Hugh Lane obviously they wouldn't let us put any lights on the wall or on the ceilings or on the ceiling. So um, we were going to because there was a skylight. We were going to put lights on the roof shining in so that we could control the daylight. But then that fell through after several meetings. So then we just had daylight that we had to, moving moving light that we had to just deal with and try to grade around, you know. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's how we went about it. And then I've only just recently finished post-production. I just got it into Cork. And Christ. Uh, yeah it was it's quite difficult post-production when you're on kind of essentially lockdown because it's it's tricky it's it's weird how difficult it is to communicate with people just on zoom you've got to be physically with them especially when it's about about your film you know and uh it's really difficult not to be physically beside them and i don't know what what is the the difference or why it's it works better but it does if you're That's there it's like, it's like trying to, you know, when you're trying to organize stuff on emails and someone reads it wrong and answers it wrong. And it's such, and then you've like a thousand emails. There. It's kind of that similar indirectness, right? That when you're, if you're sitting near next to somebody, you point to it and go back two seconds. And they're like this way. And you're like, no, that way. Yeah. But rather than back and forth over distance, it's such a bigger rigmarole. It, where you're like, oh, do we want a shot for that? And you're like, oh yeah, yeah, we have this shot. And you're like, it didn't mean that one. Like it's just mm. everything more difficult and like again it's not like oh you can socially distance being in a kind of editing room because it's like there was dungeons with no no yeah air. yeah exactly the and screen the share thing. is tricky sorry go on ahead yeah no 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 just saying that the whole like I didn't realize with face masks how much I rely on people's facial expressions like it's really yeah. disconcerting you know and like there's only so much you can say with an eyebrow and a bit of your eyes. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, yeah, you don't get that. You're like, hate this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyone on the Smiling anyone with your mouth, smiling with your eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just making a great face with your eyes. Yeah, so, yeah that's, okay, well, that's interesting because I always, I always think, I don't know, for especially for filmmakers starting off and me, because I'm nosy, I always like to hear about the budget and a little bit about that process because. I think especially when you're starting out, you see films as a finished product and they vary so much in 
how to get them made and you know like and the kind of work people get into them and people don't know how many applications you've had to submit to get those things on screen and or like you know how many doors you've had to knock on some I just like asking that even if it is a little bit nosy if that's okay oh no sure absolutely yeah 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 so David did you tell me your budget am I allowed to ask is it a secret um I'll say this we had much less than we needed (laughs) 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 I want this piece of string David So, it was a t- it was tough. It was like a four day shoot. It's crammed everything in, and you gore as well. Yeah, and I yeah I learned how that's actually I hadn't realized how much that's kind of a a budgetary thing. In that like, I'd even wanted it to be much more like spraying everywhere than it is in the film. But it's like you need, I think you need a lot more <laughs> a lot more money to do that properly. Where did you guys shoot? Uh, we shot uh, in Wicklow and Dublin. Yeah, the church is like a Protestant church. Yeah, that's in Dublin. Then kind of all the, most of the exterior stuff is all in Wicklow. So yeah, it was probably just the church we shot in Dublin, actually, and everything else is in Wicklow, I think. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of change of locations and stuff made it quite difficult, so, but we got there in the end. Again, very engaging. And I didn't even think about that. I was like, I do have so many locations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so... Also, I want to ask, so I want to go around and I just want to ask, um, when you have your script, whether it's your script or someone else's script, then what are the steps you start to take or start even to think of in getting that on screen? So like, you know, some people might imagine dealing with the actors or some people might go straight to storyboards and certain stories as well. Edwina, especially yours is, is, so stylistic actually very stylistic that it, it kind of warrants its own thoughts and again just thinking about what would be your processes in getting it to screen and what would be stuff that you would have to kind of maybe budget in time-wise like as in would you go and do like three reckeys or try and get as many as much time with the actors you know that kind of stuff like what's your prep before you go on your shoot so actually we'll go back to you David and then background that's right I didn't storyboard this just a shot listed it kind of just from Narayan came on board uh, very early in the in the process so you know we were very much on the same page um, straight away and uh, had the same idea for it and then what were your influences for the cinematography for this what were you at? we were actually kind of looking at that it's kind of kind of classical in some ways I was kind of thinking a bit of like Bunuel films and stuff it shouldn't be, we were kind of saying like the cinematography in itself for most of it anyway, shouldn't really be very intrusive. It's kind of composed world to begin with. That makes it more interesting when it gets kind of, when the crazy stuff sort of happens in it then. It's not exactly static, but it's not, you know, it's not, it's not that kinetic, the, the cinematography in most of it either. So we're kind of looking at that and, and for it to have a kind of a, a filmic style, and I guess for it to look a little bit like kind of, just a little bit, look a little bit like kind of some sort of exploitation films in the 70s and stuff like that. Then in terms of the prep, just, yeah, just did the shot list. And then, you know, there might be one or there might be some things that practically, you know, I would say, oh, you know, it's better if we do it like this or blah, blah, blah. But um, for the most part, yeah, it was just, it was, we went ahead as planned. But obviously then when it came to the actual day of the shoot, then shot list kind of goes out the window to a certain extent. Um, you know, you do as much as you can, but... Uh, able to get everything so yeah that was that was the prep really and obviously we did with a great production designer as well um Padraig O'Neill who did an amazing job you know like the rectory he did it absolutely a lot of that was kind of you know a lot of bare walls and stuff he really did a an absolutely fabulous job in transforming that into something that uh, felt lived in and what would your um process be with the actors then process with the actors what on this particular film really it was just we approached their agents and we, if they said yes, we got them to do it. Like, I think Lawler was the first person who came on board and like, we we're really happy about that because uh, he was like, you know, we, were, we really, really, he was like our first choice for the role and it happened quite early that he came on board and that was a real boost of confidence for us. But it kind of meant because of our low budget and because, you know, we're working with a, you know, really talented cast and experienced cast, like a, Paul Kennedy and Elva Trill and Ryan O'Grady. Um, 
that you know we we couldn't really ask them to do you know days of auditions on top of um, the film. So on this particular occasion, I just trusted that it was a really really good group of actors that we had, and I discussed with them over the phone about the, the style of the film. But I, I think they all understood it as well from the script. It didn't really take much much prep with them, to be honest. Uh, and I'm delighted with um, how all their performances turned out. Thanks so much, and Edwina. Yeah, like it. It was it was a funny one because I think with this, I think because it was science fiction esque, we were able to sort of be slightly more conceptual about the whole thing. So I spent a lot of time uh, actually looking at uh, abstract painting. <laughs> so I was looking a lot at, at cubism and and sort of that period of art because uh, I always just kind of loved it and it just it felt very resonant to me in terms of the script and. So that was very important. So that's kind of, I sort of began with that and then built out from that concept. So then it became very much about how can we sort of translate these things? So block color became then important and um, framing everybody through quadrant space rather than through rule of thirds. And uh, and that was a, a lot to do with Aidan Gault as well, who who came on, who shot us, who, who sort of who suggested you know maybe we should try four or three if that's something and that's where all that sort of came from because we were like we had a two-day shoot and I mean similar to David it just it, it wasn't enough um so I knew that we would have to be really really ruthless about what we were shooting and how we were going to shoot so it was a very packed two days and it was all shotless within like very within its life and um then uh, everything we shot is in the shores. Um, so we just exploited as, as much as we could. So, and then in terms of uh, cast, that they were all, basically everybody that was involved was friends or friends of friends. And that was the, that was the only way we knew we could do it and um, that we could sort of beg, borrow, steal, basically. And so Ronan Raftery, who plays the multiple characters, was myself and Simon's mate from college. And uh, then Aoife Duffin, we've kind of known for years. And yeah, so we were just very lucky um, and uh, they were uh, very patient with us. <laughs> Fabulous, and Mo. So I suppose, I, uh, I, I, what I do is I suppose I read the script over and over and over again, and then I make sure I know what it's about. That sounds ridiculous, but I suppose, that, you know, it kind of really resonates with me. It has its own home kind of thing. So you really understand the themes. And then after that, you know, I just start seeing it in my head. And um, I usually just do like a shot list. But for this, uh, because of my first on the short, I just did a uh, storyboard. And it looks ridiculous. <laughs> it's so funny because I can't draw. But uh, I, I, so I kind of did a, a website with all my notes on it and, I, uh, and my storyboard and everything. And I would uh, send that to cast and crew so everyone would, you know be on the same page we, we know what we were doing and what else did I do oh yeah I so I I knew that sound was going to be hugely important in it obviously it's called home so it has to sound has to be very important um so I got post-production guys on immediately so um from the get-go my sound designer and my musician so was, the music was kind of going to be sort of part of the sound design so they kind of had to work together and um, because uh, basically we're, we're filming paintings, um, beautiful paintings, but they are flat against a wall, essentially. There's not much depth of field. So it's, it's really, really, it was quite tricky. How do we kind of make them come alive? And so, I mean, racking was the, was the main thing, racking them into focus. That just worked a treat. I mean, I remember discussing this going, I, I, I was talking about a million different ways I had to bring them in. And I was like, I think it's racking. I think racking is the best way to bring it in. And of course it was, we shot loads of different things with the paintings to kind of make them kind of seem alive and stuff. But actually racking was the best. It just, it was by far the best device to make it seem like they were alive. And uh, then you know, just sound design to bring them, kind of give them some sense of kind of consciousness and type of thing. And then um, I was in the space a lot. I hung out in the space loads. And the space itself is really interesting uh, from the floorboards to the uh, skylights, uh, to the shutters. And so the shutters, I, I noticed uh, when I was in there annoying the security guards. I was like, can, you, can I open and close those shutters? And so when they did, they, they emitted a hum with a lovely, nice, uh, soft hum. And I was like, oh, this is great. And then I was there at a the time of the day when they 
when they were opening and the sun, the, the sun, the sun shone through and cast a light through the shutters onto the wall, which in, a, in and of itself kind of looked like a scully painting, a light scully painting, you know. And I thought, Jamie Mackers, Jesus Crackers, I'd like to get that in. That's, that's going into the film. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I, I knew I was going to start the film on the home of the shutters. Now, the shutters, pain in the hoop. They're not pretty at all. And uh, they, they didn't fit the rule of thirds as well, which is really annoying, because whenever I was trying to track along them, kind of as a, you know, um, an extreme close, kind of going with them, kind of along the ceiling as they opened. And there was pillars in the way uh, throughout the whole thing and they kept getting in the way and so yeah so it was really really annoying so I <laughs> so, but anyway um I think we I, th I think we sort of uh, got there we, we we used what we could anyway um for it so so the space was interesting was nice um and then I I worked with I cast Bosco Hogan as the elderly gentleman so obviously you don't you, you don't audition him he, he just gets the part he's a legend and then he came to the auditions for the younger guy, um, Tim. Uh, our character's name is Tim. And uh, Barry John Kinsler walked in and it was him immediately. So, uh, I mean, all the other actors are great, but you know, when someone walks in the room and that's, that they're the character, that's it. And so then um, I just talked to, the, to them about their backstory, um, things like that. And I had to re rehearse over Zoom because we were on lockdown, which is tricky because they have to, obviously, the physicality of it. I mean, I know they're sitting on a bench. They walk to a bench and sit on it, you know, for the whole thing. But still, which painting that they point at at what particular time and all that type of thing. So I couldn't rehearse that with them. You can't talk it through after going right now on this line, you point here. And they're like, you know, the, you know, that's not going to work. So I had to do it on the day, uh, the very first day uh, that we're shooting. It was a two-day shoot kind of thing. And um, I was kind of nervous about that because I just knew that with actors, and any good actor, it's physical, you know, it had to go into their body, you know, and um, it's rehearsal. It takes a while to go in and um, just getting used to your voice within the space and the movement and each other and the crew and all of this type of thing. So, you know, acting so sensual. So anyway, yeah, so then, but they were brilliant. And I started with wides and things like that. And then they eventually got into it, and, you know, they're amazing. They just... We're playing and that type of thing so so that's that's what I did and actually... I love that um I love that shot you you had of uh I think Barry's sitting on the bench and then he's facing one way and then Bosco's behind him at a distance and he's facing the other way and you got the Scully painting I just thought it was a beautiful frame that you had composed oh um, thanks was that, very much uh, sorry say that again I can't hear you was that was that a was that a, an important frame for you, or you know, was it? How, how, where did you? Where did that come about? Yeah, no, that is that's uh, that's in the storyboard a lot. I I, I really love that uh, that job, but it's really annoying because I I introduced Cecil into it uh, visually bit by bit, but I had to cut it out. I was given edit notes, and I had to, and I didn't want to cut it out. So there's a lot more of Cecil coming in where where we see bits and pieces of him, like, you know, just his nose kind of breathing in the painting. Uh, they told me to cut that out. So instead we go to the shot where we kind of rack folks along the painting. We hear him breathe it in, sniffs it in, and then we go to that shot that you're talking about. And then we see him go to touch the painting and he doesn't quite touch it. He's just kind of receiving his energy. We do all these types of things and bring it away. I, I loved all of that and I had to cut it out. But yeah, uh, that shot was um, definitely an important shot. It was part of that sequence, bringing Cecil in that I had to cut out yeah so it's the, the the trials of editing and yeah. actually yeah that's an interesting um to 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 say was there anything that were there any darlings that had to be killed so this Mo's lovely darling in the edit process things that didn't work or had to leave or had to be called for time David thankfully not actually no it wasn't anything that was uh we we really cut out it's quite it's quite similar to what the, the final script was, really. There isn't too much differences. Really, with us, just would have liked more coverage of certain parts of it and stuff. But uh, thankfully, no, there was no, I didn't have to kill any darlings. If there was any, if there was unlimited budget for you to go do reshoots or go back and do anything again, was there anything that you would go back and touch up or get? Well, I mean, 
the 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 last scene in the church kind of when this kind of like denouement thing um i mean that was that was crazy like we really we literally did that in like the shortest space time ever it was like the end of the first day we had no time that wide shot kind of closing wide shot that's the only take we had of that um and the whole build up to it um like did it in an insanely quick amount of time i would have loved to have had more coverage of that from some different angles and stuff but uh but yeah, that that would probably be the the scene that if I could choose to have more time again with would be that scene because yeah, it was it was crazy. And uh, it's it's such an interesting question, you know, that kind of if you could go back knowing what you know now, and like so so we were uh, so Colin Campbell edited our short and uh, which was incredible, um, you know he'd. You know, he's done, uh, well, I won't list his credits, but he's done a lot of really good stuff. So, and he was, he was really essential in terms of rhythm because, you know, so much of it is with, just with that short, you know, it, 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 it was about getting the pace right. And so he cut out a lot of dialogue and things like that, much to probably Simon Ash Brown, the writer's uh, <laughs> shock. So, so he was great at just, saying less is more and and that was that was that was a really valuable valuable uh learning curve for me i think and then <clears throat> the 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 killer was like the music and trying to get that right and trying to know how to score what was the right score where was that going to work um and then i think if i was to go back the the thing if i, if I had money the, the final sequence would have been a proper vfx shot and um, because i think we did what we could like everything we did yeah, pretty much everything we did was in camera. And if we just had that bit more, it would have been amazing to do like a proper VFX shot build the whole thing. Um, but look, uh, I, I think, yeah. <laughs> and Mo, was there anything else? Was there anything that unlimited money, unlimited time to go back or anything that you'd go, oh, I'd, I'd probably have done that a bit different? Um, well, I, there was, um... There was a couple of shots I, I I did have to well a good few I had to leave out because we just didn't have the time um, and I think obviously just shooting during COVID all that type of stuff we couldn't hear each other through the masks and what and uh, so it took ages um, but and the shutters wouldn't work for ages as well which is really annoying and then the sun wouldn't come out when they did when when they did work um, but so there was a there, there was shots like so uh, we only had the crane on the second day but we ran out we we didn't have much time on the second day so. I would have loved to have gotten when they point at the painting. So they do it, well, kind of uh, three times. Initially, Cecil talks at the paintings. He kind of describes them. The second time he homes, the third time he homes again in the same uh, pattern. So I was always worried about, and I wanted to get on the third pattern, a crane above him. And as he, we're kind of looking at him from above, and as he points at the paintings, we point at the painting and we rush towards it. You know, that's kind of what I wanted. But uh, we had no time. So um, that's all that that's all I could get in the time that uh, that was given to us. But I mean, they all did an amazing job. It just that's that's just what happened. It looks gorgeous. Yeah, <laughs> Mo and Edwina, both of you would apply to. I suppose. Um, how do you feel about? I think it might have been touched on a little bit earlier. But uh, how do you feel about? Because both your films are very visual. How do you feel about being seen in the small screen to begin with? Is that you find that annoying or well yeah it's blooming it's blooming annoying <laughs> it's like because like, you have like a 5.1 and you know you want uh, everyone to you know get all the detail and stuff and um the beautiful grade that john talbot did you know you want people to see all the work obviously um and so well, i suppose we've made a piece of cinema and you'd so you haven't made a piece of laptop kind of film you know so um yeah but at the same time you know it's going to be open to a larger audience, I suppose, which is great because I'm all about the audience. I love my audience and the bigger, the better. So, so it has its advantages as well. That's all right. I'd, I'd, honestly, I like the, the thing. I think the thing that kind of because I've listened and watched it loads, you know, um, just to check. God, did I do that right? <laughs> I don't know. I Actually, the sound mix, that was the thing 
that the difference, even just playing on a on a bigger screen, like even the difference between like going from a laptop to a television, like I really missed the sound design because I'd watched it so yeah. much just on like a laptop or on a phone. And then when we was when we were streaming it for another festival, it uh, I'd, I'd I'd forgotten about the sound design. It was just like, oh right, yeah, that's what it was supposed to sound like. And I suppose that's the you know the details maybe that. Maybe get missed. I'm not sure. Yeah. What about yourself? Yeah, I feel the same. Yeah, as you say, the sound design is a, is a, is a, is a, is one definitely that I feel. Yeah, it's a pity. Obviously, it'd be great to see it in the big screen. But as Mo said as well, it's good that maybe more people get to see it this way, and hopefully, hopefully, more festivals uh, in the new year. And actually, I didn't ask this because I already knew in two instances, but <laughs> that I'm. I'm not people listening to this podcast, so just Mo. I know this is your world premiere. Yes, your world premiere. Yes. So this is fresh, fresh off the editing presses. Is it? <laughs> Metaphorical editing presses. But uh, Edwina and David, where has these screened before? So we did our we did our our world premiere in Galway. Um, so which was uh, awesome, and then it's done. Uh, Newport Beach, and we were at Kerry, which was great. Uh, we've got so we've got yeah we have a few coming up. We've got uh, the European Short Film Festival in Berlin, and then we've got we got we got long listed for like the Buenos Aires Film Festival, but but not official selection. They have this other streaming event, I think, and then uh, then a few Irish ones coming up like Waterford and David. So where's the screen before? Um, it's screened at uh, Nashville Film Festival and Scream Fest Horror Film Festival in LA. Um, so this is our uh, European premiere. And then it'll be at Leeds uh, Film Festival uh, this month as well. And it's great. Is it, um, what has the response been to that? Um, yeah, it got, there, there weren't too many reviews really from it when it played in America. Um, I think kind of, you know, I think that the fact that well Nashville went virtual, um, whereas Screamfest was like a, a drive, a drive-in. Um, so we got one review from Screamfest, which is which is positive. Um, they gave it four stars, said it was American Werewolf in London meets Father Ted. So yeah, yes, yes. that's a good one. Brilliant. Good knowledge. Yeah. yeah, we didn't hear much aside from that, and yeah, but hopefully. <laughs> for the poster that's brilliant yeah, yeah exactly and on your bio yeah. <laughs> and did we know have you heard anything back from people have uh so we 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 won the, the bingham ray galway which was uh was really cool um and really just like just yeah just kind of awesome um and then um we've yeah it's there's been sort of bits and pieces like my um uh so ray davies who gave us um uh, so we have a, a, a song at the at the end from the Kinks, and uh, so Ray Davies is the guy who sort of makes the decision whether or not you can use his music, and so he really liked it. So that was that was that was really nice, you know, because that was a big thing for the writer, particularly, you know, he's he's a real Kinks fan, so that was that was really cool. Um, and then just like I suppose the ner- the most nerve wracking thing for me is is showing it to family, you know, because they are well. For me, they're the toughest. <laughs> so, um, and thankfully, they haven't said it was shit. So that was that was nice. <laughs> what about you, Maureen? Well, uh, well, so, well, Cy Edwards from Cork Film Festival really liked it. <laughs> so, that's, <laughs> so that's what I got in the email. But that was nice. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks, Cy. Can I ask Maureen? Um, you you talked a bit about you feeling that it was sort of Bacchettian the thing. Did you have any? Um, uh, filmic references when you were approaching sort of uh, with regards to Beckett uh, well even just like you know was that your main reference do you think or did you have other references as well uh, well I suppose uh, filmic references I, w- I was kind of thinking Wes Anderson quite a bit uh, I, I was thinking of kind of visually referencing Beckett a little bit more perhaps maybe in costume but we decided against it at the end because it kind of seemed a little bit uh I don't know, it just seemed a bit too heavy handed when we were kind of playing around the, with the costumes. Like, so there was one way we could have gone with Cecil where we could have gone a bit more like hobo-ish and kind of a bit more of a nod to Waiting for Godot, which obviously is a nod to Chaplin and stuff like that, you know. But it just seemed too big or something. There was something, it just, it, I don't know, it just kind of got in the way. 
it just didn't feel right, basically. And then there was other things where I, I did have, I did play around with, with storyboard with regards to Beckett a little bit more, kind of uh, boxing them, uh, boxing the heads off a bit uh, and not having them in shot together a lot, kind of singles. Um, and kind of having them talking almost, you know, directly into the camera. They're talking to each other, but they're talking it directly into the camera. And again, it just, uh, so we tried that out and it just didn't really sing or something. It just didn't work. I kind of let go of that a bit and kind of went a bit more down towards kind of, went, you know, Wes Anderson. And uh, then on the day, then certain things changed anyways. But yeah, so, so I, I did think of it and I was playing around with it, but I kind of took it out, um, to be honest with you creative compass again that just goes no that's not working and it's funny because you're like why logically it works but in your gut goes it doesn't and then you just have to trust that yeah and I think I think it's uh you know it was awful of, an awful lot of it to be honest an awful lot of it changed off of Bosco in a good way I mean uh so just the actor and the energy that Bosco was ended up I was like oh okay yeah so this is where we're going you know this is this is the way we're going now so I can't you know I, I wouldn't be able to I, it would be kind of imposing you should be very careful what I suppose with style as a director and, th and that type of thing it can it can often be if you're not sensitive enough a little bit of an imposition you know and you've got to kind of I suppose in a way kind of be receptive to all the energies around you and yes yeah, yeah you do have your ideas you do you do know you know the most out of everyone what the story is about and that type of thing but at the same time, you know, if you if you have people on board have a certain energy, you can't sit on it then. You're working with them. You have to bring that energy in and you can't kind of go, here, put a cap on it. <laughs> We're doing this. So so it was just that, you know, you, there's certain things you've, you've got to let go of and, and that's cool because it ends up becoming something else then. And you've just got to go with it. So so that's, really? that's, that's kind of what happened, I think, with, with a lot of my ideas. So thank you guys so much for chatting with us. Thanks a million. Thanks so much for everything. Thanks, Gemma.